0: Yes, yes. Once again, No Chase Film Society back with another one, episode nine. Thank y'all for rocking with us today and streaming us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, in case you don't know by now, I am Chris Ali. I am Chris Ali. Actually, you can find me on Instagram with that same name. Uh, I am Chris Ali. That's A L E E. And also, uh, link up with us on our No Chase Film Society Instagram platform. That's at NC Film Society. The letters N as in Nancy. Film. Uh, let, uh, excuse me. Can't talk today. The letters. <laughs> the letters NC uh, Film Society. NC Film Society on Instagram. Derek, what's good, man?
1: Everything's everything, bro. How you been?
0: Hey man, back for another one man Feeling pretty good, no complaints No complaints Uh, As you can see, you know uh, Mikey and Nikki Is uh, the film that we That we're going to discuss today You know, our feature presentation Uh, These are the ones I like Like I've told y'all before Because uh, this is one of those situations Where Derek has never seen a movie that I've seen (laughs) And this is the first time uh, We're talking about it Like right now at this moment Yes. on the podcast so yeah this is this is these are the ones I like, but uh before we get into that, you know what we do you know every time around this time what we do we uh we chop it up man we chop it up and we compare notes on things uh all things film related you know movie related that may have transpired since we last talked so uh you know how I like to do it man d you go ahead and open up the floor man and just tell us what you what's been getting your attention these days.
1: Ooh, um, you know what? I don't think outside of Mikey and Nikki that I've watched a, a actual film uh, over the last week. I think I've more so um, I've more so been trying to watch a couple of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there's one on Netflix uh, called uh, Lock and Key that um uh LJ wanted me to watch for uh for those that don't know LJ is uh is my co-host on Realish mm-hmm. um he wanted me me to watch that so we can talk about that and at man there's certain shows I'm okay on on watching um that one I've only seen the first episode I'm not intrigued by it What's the name of it again? Lock and key. Okay. And then uh The stranger was another one. What's what's Lock and Key? What's that about? I I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, yeah, well, I'll say this. It's about, you know, some family moving up to Massachusetts after um the father dies and um moving into this house that, that is I I'm assuming it uh, was something that was in the family or something like that. Um, Some old, old house that, well, not even a house, it's more like a mansion, that uh, has these magical keys throughout it. And, you know, the boy, this boy finds the keys and, like, he wants to go to the ice cream parlor or something like that and puts the key into into the lock and twists it, opens the door, and he's in the parlor. I'm like, eh, you know, I, I'm I don't even know how to feel about it. The acting was kind of from what I saw, trash. Storyline what I saw, predictable. Um, so I'm 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 good. Some a lot of projects like that I really don't uh I don't gravitate toward. There are some things that people love, um, like uh how to get away with murder. Mm-hmm. It was Shonda Rhimes' um, show. Mm-hmm. Um, not into it. It was predictable. I watched like the first two seasons, thinking it was gonna get better. It's the same thing every episode, you know. Oh,
0: uh, I never, <sighs> I never watched it.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not anything to get into. Not for me. Um, I mean, not not Hadley with Murder. I'm sorry, Scandal.
0: Oh, eat that one, either. Yeah, yeah. But that that's that that show, you know, was such. Frequent conversation, you know, just in in regular, you know, just pop culture, you you know, you mm-hmm. couldn't help but follow some of the storylines. Yeah, but uh, no, I never, I never watched.
1: But it was predictable. It was, that that's what I didn't understand. Now, how to get right. away, how to get away with murder? I think I only watched like for one or two episodes. So those
0: I didn't are know both for Sean uh, shows, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Which I mean, I give her credit because she she's she's still um rocking um, what's that what's that doctor show she has um. Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. That's been rocking on, on ABC, I think, like 12 seasons now. So she has a longstanding um, rapport with ABC. I mean, she, mm-hmm. apparently, you know, a lot of people love it. Right. I never got into it. I was more of, I liked ER. You know, if we're talking about a medical show, ER, right. House. House was kind of like, you know, repetitive a little bit too. But, right. you know, who doesn't like a, a, a doctor that, that's high on pills, figuring out people's uh <laughs> I, I, <laughs> out I did like
0: stuff. house yeah i followed a few a few episodes of house
1: you know yeah so i'm i'm kind of i'm intrigued at this point with different uh series that people uh check out that like you said is is a social conversation um right. and i'm I, I when i check it out it's not good it, like i can't get past the first two episodes when, if if i can't get past the first two episodes of a show I'm not. I'm not intrigued.
0: Yeah, my problem is even if I am somewhat intrigued with the show, I'm not gonna follow every last episode. Uh, you know, that's that's you know because I, I just don't really make commitments to shows like that. I think I made somewhat of a commitment to Power, but there's a lot of Power I just didn't bother to watch.
1: Did too. so? Did you finish the the series?
0: I did finish this this one. Yeah. What
1: were your thoughts on that? Because I I watched watched the last one too. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: you know i just I'm, i just you know I, I'm at this place I guess in my life where I'm a completist. I want to actually finish it I'll start
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, that's the one reason why I pretty much got through it. I just wanted to finish it I just wanted to get through it i pretty you know you, it, again, you're talking about predictable I mean much of this show of uh, this season was pretty predictable, and oh. then the rest of it was just ridiculous and fabricated and just illogical shit mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it had uh it had its moments, you know, as power does. Power has its moments. Mm-hmm. But, That's true. Yeah. You know, I I I wasn't impressed.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh one thing for me with power, um it lost its luster. Um I think maybe like two seasons ago. It just it just never caught what it had uh prior to that. Right. And people think I'm joking when I say this. Lala anthony being on that show and getting a a a, a massive role messed up a lot of <laughs> chemistry on that show
0: you didn't like keisha
1: i oh my god i was ready for her to die yeah she she was she was not good and it, it was, wasn't it
0: wasn't one of the best characters on the show no. I, I, it wasn't it wasn't a very uh engaging character she had it wasn't
1: believable yeah It wasn't believable. I I was fine with her having that that um reoccurring role. Excuse me. I liked her having that uh, role in the show. Um, but when when she when she became a a more stable character, it was it just kind of uh it rocked the chemistry. It rocked the boat a little bit, and I didn't I didn't like that. Um, How do
0: you feel about the Power Universe?
1: I like the idea of continuing certain storylines. Tommy's storyline makes sense. I was also okay with them just stopping power when this ended. But if you're going to continue it, Tommy's story makes sense. Tariq's story, I I guess that that makes sense. Michael, uh, I think his last name is Rainey, the guy that plays uh, uh, Tariq. Tariq, Yeah,
0: something like that, yeah.
1: He... um,
0: I hated that kid on this My show. My
1: God, man! <laughs> <laughs> Let me say the- like this: <laughs> he, he, he has room for improvement with his acting. So, yeah. I, 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 didn't have too much of an issue with him when he was a, when he was a, a smaller kid on the show, um, but as they featured him more, uh, the thing that irritated me most about him was the uh, facial expressions. Um, they didn't seem believable. Now, I would say toward the end, um, especially with this last episode, he seemed to get in touch with that a little bit. So I I have hopes for him with it. Um, but there's other elements of his acting, I think, that just needs to be worked on a little more. Um, so his story, his, his spinoff, I'm hoping that we see that growth with him on the spinoff. Um, I'll tell you one guy that doesn't make sense to get his own spinoff, though. Um, Who's that? Uh, Tate. Was, Tate. <laughs> what the hell That's do we to no see? That's probably the way he agreed to take that damn role. Is it probably i to give
0: me my own shit. Yeah. When <laughs> yeah. It probably is. I bet, uh, you know, I, I might, because I actually like his character. I like I, liked, I liked the Governor Tate, you know, idea or whatever. He was running for governor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Governor Tate character. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna watch a, a, a show centered around it, but uh, I actually did like it. He's he's one of the characters I did like. But that's Lawrence Tate, man. Lawrence Tate or whatever. Yeah. That's, you know, he's yeah, he, he's legendary as shit. Man.
1: Yeah. No, I I love him. Um, it's just the character. I don't see what, like, what more do we need to see from him as a as a central character. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't make any sense. Um. So that that's the part that 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 um that kind of baffles me with it. Um. So you have what? You have Tariq spinoff, Tommy spinoff, Tate. Wasn't there another one?
0: This uh, this one raising Canaan, which I think is a prequel.
1: Oh, the prequel. Now see that yeah. that I'm I actually want to see. Um, yeah. I think that's gonna be set in the nineties, eight, late eighties, early nineties, somewhere around there. Yeah, something like that. Um, I wanna see that because there were there were questions about the story uh dynamic early on in the series that led you to believe that there was more to the whole Kanan and um um what's what's the other girl's name? It's already, uh, Tasha. Tasha, yes. Yeah. Um, there was more to there was lead, we were led to believe that there was more to their story and their right. interaction that right. Tariq might actually be Kanan's son. So right. I want to see, I want to get the clarification on all that. So that one I'm actually if I had to put it in order, I would say the prequel, Tommy, Tariq, Tate for me. Right. In order of importance. That that's what I want to see. Um so I mean you know we're gonna see it, Mary J. Blige. Well, you gonna have had it,
0: bro. I'm good. I'm tired.
1: I'm, I'm about I'm to cancel stars. I'm,
0: I'm actually gonna get out the game. You gonna I'm get a, out? <laughs> I'm gonna do what that nigga couldn't do. And <laughs> I'm out, man. Oh I'm, God. Yeah, I, I've had my power uh, experience, and yeah, yeah. You
1: know. I'm I'm hoping that it just it gets better. It, with, with the prequel. Um, the prequel. I I have no no doubt that they're gonna do well. Uh, the Tariq one is the one that's the biggest question mark to me, though. Right. Yeah. So no movies, man. Uh, outside of what we watched here, um, I can't. Well, take that back. I did watch another animated movie, um, Cars, on uh, Disney Plus. Getting an affinity for the cartoons, man. I'm. Like... I'm there's something intriguing about animated films, man. You know what? it was it goes back to what you were saying i think last week that there's like a, a a a message that's actually behind those films yeah that i don't know i remember seeing uh uh other other films when i was a kid that had a message behind whatever the storyline was <laughs> and no, not, I'm tripping and because not animated fo-
0: but i'm I, I no i just it just it just dawned on me you followed up uh, cars to to Mikey and Nikki, and I, and, I, and these and these people are gonna see just how diametrically opposed those two movies are.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're yeah. probably all fucked up right now.
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm messing with you. What's uh, up? I actually like Cars though. I did see Cars before. And see, this that's, is my first time finishing it. I hadn't.
0: That's the few Disney movies I did like was Cars.
1: Yeah, I never well, finished it before.
0: It's a few that I like, and that's one of the few that I like.
1: Yeah, that that was a good one. Um, that was a good one. I think I might go ahead and check out the 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 following sequels to it as well. But that was good. Okay. Um Outside of that, I don't think I watched any of the movies this week though.
0: Um, okay, well, speaking of animation, so you 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 definitely, uh, you know, lead us in the right direction because, uh, I did have a little something about animation. I didn't remember because you remember in you know, the last couple of podcasts I've been on here ranting and raving
1: mm-hmm.
0: about uh, black men, you know, they had no brothers and acknowledged in the uh, during the Oscar right ceremony. Uh, no, no black directors, um, no black actors. No, as far as male, I'm talking about mm-hmm. <clears throat> No No, nobody acknowledged. Well, um, apparently, you know, there's a little exception that I guess I overlooked, if I even saw it at all. But um, there's there was a black. Uh, I, I guess he was the writer or the animator. I don't know, but he used to be in the NFL. Actually, uh, I don't yeah. have his name in front of me. Um, afford, uh, that's that's my glitch.
1: It's Mike but, something. Uh,
0: yeah, and he uh, he actually won. So a black animated short won an Oscar for, um, I think it's called Hair Story, I mm-hmm. believe it is. Something like that. So yeah, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge that since I got on here and, and kind of raised, I mean, I'm still not at all that satisfied. Matthew with, Cherry. With, okay, Matthew Cherry. And what was the name of the movie?
1: Uh, Hair Love.
0: Hair Love. Okay, yeah, I fucked it all up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, for, for y'all out there who are into animation, you know, check that out. You know, I do not know. Maybe y'all didn't know about it. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge that, that 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 there was a black guy that was nominated and actually won for animated short film. So I'll just throw that out there. But there is really no excuse. And I'm going to keep saying it. it's actually on the Oscars since we own on the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never get his name right. Joaquin.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, remember we talked about what he would say if he would take a position mm-hmm. similar to what he took at the BAFTAs. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about if he would take a position similar to that at the Oscars. And he did. You know, he did. He, he mentioned some things. I can't tell you exactly what he said. I'm not going to look it up because I do know one thing he did do, which is what always happens <laughs> when it's time to address uh, the needs of, of black people, in this case, black filmmakers, black artists. When it comes to address anything specifically to black people, it's always mixed in with a bunch of other shit. Mm-hmm. And to me, as far as I'm concerned, that dilutes the issue. You know, we have no black representation on screen that's really consistent with uh what white people have, you know, and other, you know, just say the, the, the dominant society, as some people would say. Mm-hmm. But um, we, we just don't have the same representation. There There's a complete lack of black storytelling, authentic black storytelling that's being seen. That's a legitimate issue. And that's not an issue I want to mix with, you know, baby fucking cows or whatever the hell he was talking about. You know, he, he, he had an issue with cows getting pregnant and... People killing cows. I mean, I, you know, I'm not I don't give a fuck about that in comparison <laughs> to the fact that, you know, we don't have black representation. Right. Two different black. conversations. Right, right. Yeah. But see, that's the shit I remember I told you. Yeah. On the, remember <laughs> I said, I'm gonna let this shit sit for a minute because I'm not looking for Joaquin Phoenix to speak for me in my interest as a black dude. Right. You know, and as as the the uh, as he as he you know eloquently put it you know the the, the systemic shit mm-hmm. you know the the pattern of shit that we're seeing from since cinema has been cinema particularly Hollywood has been Hollywood we've always had a subservient role most definitely you know to, and I don't look for him to address that so I'm yes. glad from what he for what he did but no man I'm I'm not you know I'm not gonna ride with you on the baby cows and and shit. <laughs> You know, I'd I, I much rather just keep you know we need our interests focused on solely, we need our interests addressed specifically. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know the problem is that there's a complete lack of, of real authentic storytelling told from a black perspective by black filmmakers and even the business structure mm-hmm. of how this. I mean these things need to be brought to the table and you know just just, just following up on our last podcast uh yeah Joaquin you know it's cool what he said but you know it's it's of no effect to me the Oscars are still bullshit and yeah I think we just need to totally uh totally disengaged with him
1: yeah I I um I think that uh like I like like we talked about last week I just want to see the action behind this I I'm for me, the uh the days of talking are just pretty much over. Right. I want I want to I want to see the action. Um okay. And I'm hoping that's what I was saying last week. I I hope that uh he tries to you know do as much as possible uh for for sets to be more uh diverse. Um, but it's not it's not all on Joaquin Phoenix.
0: No, it's you not. know what
1: I'm saying um, you need that white right ally
0: like, but they, they're in and out of issues like they're in and out of people's bedrooms man like these people mm-hmm. take on issues and take on causes as fashion statements you know right. that's, that's, that's always been my observation of Hollywood I mean it's Hollywood on and off the screen
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um, yeah I mean the whole Joaquin Phoenix you know I'm sick of this Hollywood shit I don't. I'm. I'm not really buying it, man. You know, I'm not really buying it. I'm not questioning the legitimacy of what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, what he he said some good things. But I feel like he misses the issue when he mixes up uh, a lack of diversity on screen with with baby cows. You know, you you're missing the issue, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of just throwing your feelings out there. And you know, I don't care about that. You know, I don't, I'm not really interested in. And what what gripes Joaquin has with the world in general, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and that's kind of what I'm getting from it. So you know, but speaking of Oscars, uh,
1: Parasite, are you going to watch that? Yes, I was going to ask if you wanted to do that for a review, or not. Well, if you want to do a review or you know, do, I'm or... shitty. I'm gonna watch it, but I'm shitty
0: about the fact that we got a foreign language film. Yeah, that wins Best Picture. Yeah, before I do the right thing, did. Before Malcolm X did, like I'm pretty shitty, but I'm I don't I don't celebrate the shit, you know. I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's a big deal to some people. Oh, the first, you know, foreign language picture <laughs> to win. They're like I don't give a shit. That just yeah. means that y'all put foreign language, another fucking language,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> over the the Queens English that we heard and do the right thing, you know. And and Malcolm X and you know a few other black movies that really should have had a better conversation. Like the Oscars. Some, okay, I'm all right. Listen, I believe the shit was a was a diversity gag for them to even get the Oscar. I, yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that they knew that the top Oscar nominations, the top Oscar categories, which is best uh, actor, actress, director, but uh, director, the Korean, the uh, Korean director got best director. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as far as the uh, the actress, the, act, you know, the, the the top the main acting categories. Mm-hmm. They kept that traditional Hollywood, Lily White, and to balance that off, you know, we're gonna give some Koreans the 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 acknowledgement. You know, since the movie did get a little attention, right? I really think it was that was that was that was uh, that was marketing, you know. And I'm not taking anything from Korean cinema. I don't know anything about Korean cinema to take anything from it. You know, I don't. That's why this is even more strange. Like. You know with Korean cinema has never really been introduced to us to this capacity, not saying that it should be right but um again, you know it's like everybody gets a turn man like everybody gets a turn everybody <laughs> everybody gets a turn even in another fucking continent you know everybody gets their time everybody yeah. gets their excitement. so I don't really celebrate this you know I, I just i'm I'm numb to it I, I don't care I'm gonna watch it. You know what I mean? I'm going to
1: watch it. But uh, as far as all the accolades and shit, it's like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. That's also why I really don't pay attention to these awards across the board, because they, they, they don't really tell us what... They don't give us a complete picture of the best of the best. You know, it's more so of, you know...
0: You Pick can't and choose. Tell me there was not one single black movie. Right. Not one. Right. Not one single black movie Which that deserve get. to be uh, side by side with Parasite. You can't oh. tell me that. We are you- we are integral to this population. We, we know we 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 carry so many cultural mm-hmm. elements of this country.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It is a black story that was made in 2019 that could have been. Put in the same peer group with a Korean foreign language film. Dolomite is my name. Us. I mean, come on, man. It's like you know. What I'm we need to start our own shit. That's really
1: what it comes down to. That's, you know. That's why I don't care about Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> that's the exact reason why I don't care. I mean, I'm gonna
0: watch it because you know because I like movies. I mean, of course I'm gonna watch it, mm-hmm. and, and if it's a good, I'm gonna tell you it's a good movie. But it should not have been. Recognized, and even though I haven't seen it, yeah, I'm gonna say it. It should not have been recognized over uh, over some other movies that should have been acknowledged this year. Double is my name. Is one. There is no way in the world that movie should have been recognized over Eddie Murphy, who's an American icon. mm -hmm. Like, come on.
1: No, I I agree. I agree. That's that's uh.
0: But will Ice Cube say, "Yeah, here's what they think about you."
1: Yeah. Yeah, but but see that's that's go that goes to um, asking about the streaming services then because, that was another thing that uh, I think Netflix only, I think they only came away with two films that actually won something of all the films that they had last year that, um, that should have been or could have been in the conversation uh for some of those Oscars, um. They only came away with two, so mm-hmm. that makes me wonder if the the powers that be are only if they're stuck in you know watching things that are just coming releasing on into the theaters, or if they watched what was actually streaming and just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, because personally, right. I don't, I don't even know that I don't really think that the Irishman should have been up there for best picture. Um... But I thought the the I thought the storyline was really good. Uh, cinematography was really good. Well, out of ten nominations,
0: I didn't have a problem with. I think it was ten. They they nominate ten, or was it five for best picture? I don't know. I think it's I,
1: five.
0: Maybe five. Um, but out of out of five for best picture, I don't have a problem with with the Irishman being up there with that. But I definitely think Dolomite Is my name, should have been
1: somewhere in that. Oh, and I, I would have put Dolomite above The Irishman.
0: Yeah, yeah, you me know
1: what
0: too. I'm Dolomite was one of the best movies of two of twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you on that. But are uh, we gonna see what the Koreans did? You know, with uh, with this one. Yeah. So, you know, no 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 diss to Koreans. You know, no no diss at all. But I don't know Korean cinema, so we'll see what, what we're getting ourselves into with this.
1: Yeah. You know. But, uh,
0: anyway, man, what do, what what do we, uh, you, you don't have anything you want to kind of throw out there? Uh,
1: nothing, nothing else. Not that. Not that I can think of.
0: Well, let's get into it, man. Uh, Mikey and Nikki, this, you got, uh, I don't even know if we have a trailer for this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's pretty obscure, but, uh. You know, if we have one, you'll hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but Mikey and Nicky, uh, the feature presentation starring uh, Peter Falk and Nick Cassavetes. Peter Falk is Mikey.
1: I got a terrific suggestion for you, Nick. I suggest you find somebody you can trust.
0: John I Cassavetes is Nicky. They're gonna kill me,
1: Nick. They're gonna kill me.
0: Mikey and Nicky. On a night like this, there are no rules.
1: You give me that in 30 seconds, you hear me, or I'll kill you.
0: I'm gonna die. You're not gonna die. What do you think they're planning? To shoot you in a movie house? Mikey and Nikki. I'm really getting the treatment tonight. Tonight's my night. On a night like this, there is no trust. They're gonna kill me. Honey, I'm serious now. Well,
1: I'm not interested. I'm coming with you.
0: There is no time. (laughs) I know it for a fact
1: they're gonna kill me. You are not gonna die.
0: On a night like this, there is no choice. Peter Falk, John Cassavetes, Mikey and Nicky. Written and directed by Elaine May.
1: Ma, if anything happens to me, Mikey did it.
0: All right, Mikey and Nikki, a uh, 1976 American gangster film written by female filmmaker uh, Elaine May. Uh, this one stars Peter Falk. Uh, I don't know if you, if you remember this show. Uh, called Colombo. You ever heard of this show, Derek?
1: Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never seen anything about it.
0: Um, I've seen reruns because you know my my dad, you know, had a pretty OG dad, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, he watched the show. this show called Colombo, and I actually starred this this particular character, uh, Peter Falk, as Vicky John Casav- John Casavetes, who is a uh, legendary independent filmmaker. Uh, like one of the founding fathers of real independent filmmaking, they say. Um, and Ned Beatty. Those were three of the, uh, I guess, the more well-known actors in this movie. But uh, again, this is a, a pretty, a relatively small picture, you know what I mean? A, a small film. Um, not really a big-budget type of movie, but it's... Um, to me it's is real thought provoking. You know what I mean? It, it carries a lot of a lot of themes that that really I resonate with. So let's talk a little bit about it. Um it's about two small time gangsters, you know, two small time hoods who grew up together. And um one of them, uh, Nikki, is in a lot a little trouble. Well, really he's in a lot of trouble. And one of the things that he did was uh, he robbed this uh, other street gangster boss type dude. Uh, he robs him. He's he's working for him and he, uh, actually robs him and he calls on his close friend, a friend he grew up with, uh, which is Mikey, Peter Falk. Um, he calls on him to help him out. So he's held up in this hotel room, pretty much, uh, hiding, you know, scared for his life because he knows that this, uh, this this kingpin boss dude is, is out for his life because he stole from him. So he calls Mikey to to help him, and Mikey comes over to the hotel. And from that point, uh, this movie pretty much takes place in one night, you know. And uh, from that point, uh, it's Mikey and Nikki all night, really trying to avoid uh, this 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 uh, kingpin that's on Nikki's head. Uh, the thing about it is, the whole time, as we discover in the movie, the whole time, Mikey is actually working uh, in some type of—he's uh, in cahoots. He's in cahoots with the kingpin, and he's actually—he uh, actually plays a role in in this dude pursuing uh, pursuing Nikki because the dude hires a hitman, pretty much to come after him. And the whole night—that's that's pretty much the movie. The whole night, these two. Uh, reliving their lives and and uh, going through some strange uh, turn, a very strange turn of events, thanks to Nicky, because he's really a throw-it-off character. And due to him just, you know, pretty much Mikey being surprisingly the level-headed, because he's not all together either, mm-hmm. but him being the more level-headed of the two, he's trying to, you know, you know it really becomes a... a, a A game of both he's trying to keep nikki alive or is he trying to kill him you know is he he aiding him trying to you know be turned over to the hitman so yeah it's um it's a small movie you know what i'm saying it's 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 not fancy um a lot of a lot of handheld camera shots so you know we got a lot of shaky you know it's a rough it's a rough around the edge yes a film really, really rough around the edges so, uh, as I like to do, man, I like to throw these offbeat movies at Derek and, you know, fuck him up in whatever way I can <laughs> and listen to him tell me um, what he thought about them and how they, you know, how they, how they came off to you. So, I'm going to let you open the floor to this one, man. Mikey Mikey and Nicky. Uh,
1: man, um, I'm going to be completely honest. I, uh, I was actually confused for a while. Um, because the way they opened it, it just went straight into um, Nikki uh, 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 being held up in a hotel room waiting for Mikey, and yeah, this this one messed me up, man. Because I, I I didn't know what <laughs> to think. Almost, I'm gonna be completely honest. It was almost like the like Dolomite. I was I'm sitting here and watching this and I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Um <sighs> <laughs> so what I don't what, know. What,
0: what what were you having problems with were you having problems, I guess, following the storyline or uh, or the
1: the characters? yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. To start with, yeah. I it, it they didn't um they didn't do a really good job of establishing the story uh, from the jump, um, so I was I was confused for a good minute. Um, mm-hmm. I realized that they were friends, childhood friends, um, but he kept saying, "You know, they're they're coming after me." I'm, I'm sitting I'm like, "Well, who is they?" I like it took me a second to figure out who they was. You know what I'm saying, and. and I like piecing things together with with films, mm-hmm. so I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But it's the filmmaker's responsibility to make you think about things. Um, and and I was just, I couldn't even think about it. I was just kind of like confused, like what the hell is going on. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to rewind and start, you know, doing all that because I right. I didn't, didn't want to mess up the story. But Man, I, I, um, I don't know. I, I, this was, this was a weird <laughs> one. This was, de- this was definitely a weird one. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, let me, uh, let me see if I can bring some clarity, man. Let okay. me see if I can bring some clarity, because everything you didn't like about the movie, uh-huh. or oh, I guess didn't like, but because uh, everything I guess you had problems with or mm-hmm. didn't understand about the movie is what actually, to me, makes it a good movie. Um, is this a perfect movie? Absolutely not. You know, it's it's not perfect by no means. It's really not a movie you want to recommend just to anybody. No. Too much. Um, but it's a it's you know it's it's a, it has a it has a unique voice to it, and I say that because it's a movie that deals sim- it's, a, it's a simple theme of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the simple um, nutshell synopsis I walk away with with this movie or from this movie. Is it's a uh, deterioration of a friendship. Is what you're watching for like an hour and forty minutes. Right. You're, you're you're watching the death of a friendship. You got two guys who grew up together, and and you know and you're right. It jumps right into it, which is what I like. I like I like that kind. Of, I like quirky, um, I guess outside the lines type of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? which is why I like independent filmmaking so much. Mm-hmm. It's because you know it's. It's unconventional to what we see on a day-to-day basis through what we get through the Hollywood machine.
1: Most definitely.
0: So I like that about the movie. It got immediately jumped right into the movie with uh with Nikki being held up in a hotel room. And he uh obviously has sent word or actually no, he calls. We hear we hear him off screen, call his good friend, uh, Mikey, and lets him know, you know, hey, I'm at this hotel, I need you, I need help, I'm sick. Um I think he told him he was sick. Well, now he told him he needed help. The reason why I said the, the thing about him being sick is because at some point, which is one of the most, uh, to me, one, one of the better scenes in the movie, is he gets, uh, he has ulcers or something. You
1: mm-hmm. know, he comes
0: to the hotel. He's paranoid out of his mind. He uh, eventually, you know, gets him to open the door to let him in, and he discovers that uh, Nikki has some kind of ulcer problem. You know, he's, he has problems with his stomach. And the concern he showed for him, you know what I mean, when he discovered that he was having problems with his stomach, really takes you into a place uh, where you kind of see that this is a real close friend to him. Like, he knew what it was, what was wrong, that what was wrong with the guy. You know, he was really concerned about him. Like, it like, he was trying to give him a, a Tums or something. He uh, ran to the coffee shop, almost killed the damn dude in the coffee shop to get him some milk or something, you know, spazzed out on him. Like, he really showed concern. Mm hmm if you remember, for him as a friend. So that's how we kind of was able to see through the acting, which is what I what I like. More. Another thing I like about this movie is that it's not really heavy on dialogue. The dialogue is really not much of anything to talk about in this movie. Right. It's very, very simple dialogue. Um, real simplistic. And again, I like that because the characters really show you, you know, and, and through the little dialogue they have, you learn that these guys were really lifelong friends. They knew each other from kids. But we discover in the, in the movie, you know, not, not long into it, that he's actually, Mikey, is actually playing in concert, and in, in, in cahoots, rather, with uh, the, the kingpin. I don't know his name. We can look it up at some point. But um, the kingpin, the dude who's, who Nicky actually works for, he's, you know, Mikey is actually playing into him. And we see that when, you know, he gets him to leave the hotel. He's still paranoid. He gets him to leave the hotel. And they go to a bar where he actually calls the, the the contract killer that they you know paid to kill Nikki. And you know in the movie, one of the things that um that I like about this movie is that you discovering who these people are, who these two guys are to each other as the movie plays out. Mm-hmm. You know, and you discover that there is a, a, a actually even though they're close friends, they're dealing they through this movie, throughout the night, they're dealing with each other in a real new place because they pretty much estranged. I think he said he couldn't get them on the phone for three months or something like that at some point in the movie. So, Nikki is a, is a character that is, you know, working for this 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 big-time street dude, this, this gangster dude. Um, he was given the job, he was recommended for the job from his friend Mikey. The dude recommended Nikki for the job But Nikki ended up changing on, you know, that's what we learned throughout, you know, early on in the movie that he ended up changing. Well, later on in the movie that Nikki ended up changing on Mikey. And we see that there's a uh, there's a place of animosity that's in Mikey because he starts to tell him, I think, no, this is this is after a scene which we'll get to later, which is one of the worst scenes of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, Not not, uh, (laughs) enough. this is a bad scene but just what the 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 theme of the scene was just, just horrible but we'll get to that mm-hmm. but uh but yeah man this is this is the deterioration of a friendship this is a you know a death of a friendship that we're watching so we're watching two friends pretty much grow apart and as we get through you know through the movie a little bit we'll we'll see how that played out but but yeah man uh so at to at what point did you? What about the movie got your attention? Did anything about the film get your attention? Did anything about the film stand out to you in particular? Because um, it sounds like you gave up
1: on it pretty early. Well, no, yeah, I I, 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 <laughs> I didn't. I, I I finished it. Um, mm-hmm. I will say the. I could I could see the distrust in Nikki from the beginning, um, the distrust of Mikey like from the jump. And I related to that because I have trust issues myself. So I, 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 I get it, but I also didn't know what was going on with him because I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that he um, was, like, schizophrenic or bipolar or something like it that. There was
0: definitely something wrong with him. Something uh, was going on. Yeah. I it, mean, but he, he, he pretty much was sure he was going to die too, though.
1: Right. And see, that, I
0: mean, death was is a big part of this movie
1: it is and and but my thing was i was thinking he was making this up in his head you know what i'm saying I thought
0: he was just all the way cuckoo.
1: yeah i thought he was just out yeah. there like and and you know them switching Terrific. yeah with them them cha- switching coats and 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 um stuff like that to make it look like and they did look alike from far away
0: um right. Well, he killed a bookie. I mean, because remember, he had in the from the very beginning of the movie, he uh, had a newspaper, and mm-hmm. there was an article in the paper that said a slain, you know, small time, uh, bookie found dead or something like that. So, we're led to believe that he was he was responsible for killing his, uh, somebody that worked for his boss and robbing him. Right. And the boss knew about it, and he was he was out for his life.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, like. I didn't know that. I think that's that's that was another thing that kind of threw me. I didn't know if this was, like, something some storyline he was just making up in his head, mm. or if this was. This was truth. That that was right. what threw me off in the beginning. Um Right. So I think you know I I get it. I I understood that there was a breakdown, but then I started to actually um, pay more attention to Mikey. When they were in that um, what was that a bar? They, they went drink, to the bar. Yeah, they went to the drink bar beer, after milk. they the milk. Yeah, which was strange. Yeah, that yeah. combination threw me way off because I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, why in the hell would I drink Corona and, and milk like well
0: I, well, I know why Nikki was, because, you know, Nikki had the ulcer problem. Right. So I, I, I got why he drank milk, but yeah, both of them had milk and beer. Yeah. yeah that, that made that, no sense. That threw me off a little bit. I'm with you on that.
1: That made no sense.
0: Um, But the but bars were, took, took, yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a weird, weird. Well, I mean, they were eating weird.
1: crackers. I wasn't calling them that.
0: Re- right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird shit going on at that table, man. Yeah, yeah I was showing that. But um, yeah.
1: but that's when that's, that's when I took picked the up. phone call. Yeah, that yeah. that's when I picked up that he actually might be in on this, and that's when right. I realized that this was actually happening, not not something that was made up in in Nikki's head. Um. So yeah, I I was I was following along with it, uh, pretty pretty good. But it just something about the movie itself was just kind of lacking, um, which I mean is to be expected with independent films. So I'm not. It's a it was a thin movie. It was a thin movie, yeah. Um. But yeah, I I, I the 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 trust but issue just, factor was what really grabbed me because yeah. I was i i i just probably a little over a year ago um uh just broke up with a lifelong friend so that that was that was what really um what i was relating to with this movie at this point mm-hmm. um uh some trust issues and stuff like that so i was i was i was cool with that theme i i actually, i got it um but yeah, that that this my overall perspective of the movie itself. It was it was then, but I, I I again this is what what seventy six or something like that.
0: Yeah, it came out nineteen seventy six.
1: Yeah, so I don't blame it too much. Just like like what I was saying with Dolomite itself, I I, I didn't right. put too much on that aspect of it with the technical issues, but there was a lot of uh, uh hand movement with the camera. And, and, yeah. A lot of and, handheld. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get that. Um, the editing,
0: the editing wasn't the best. Actually the best, the best scene of the movie had the worst edit, edit, edit. <laughs> and that was the scene, um, after, which is, well, we'll get, we well, talking about the scene that led to this one that mm-hmm. I'm going into, which uh, I said was the worst scene of the movie. Not because the scene was bad, not because the acting itself was bad. It was nothing like that because that's one thing I will say I also liked about the movie. The acting was good. You know, yeah. I, I think there was a, a real uh, naturalism, I guess you can call it, you know, a realistic approach mm-hmm. that, that you got from, from these actors. So the acting, you know, particularly uh, with the two leads, uh, Nikki and Mikey, um, yeah, yeah, great job as far as acting on their end. But the, when I say the worst scene, I mean, as far as, the the nature of the scene, I guess, what the scene, what what transpired, the actions, the storyline. Um, there was a scene, there is a scene, where. Mikey, uh, what Nikki tells Mikey, you know, they're on the bus. That again, like I said, the whole movie is just them trying to evade this this hitman that's just that's paid to to knock off Nikki. Mm-hmm. And they're on the bus at one point trying to, you know, again, evade the hitman. And Nikki, Nicky and Mikey have a moment, you know, where uh, Mikey is like, yo, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with you. We're going to get you on a plane because he's leading him to believe he's helping him get away the whole mm-hmm. time. He's leading him to believe that he's trying to help him. So he's telling him, hey, you know, uh, we're going to put you on a plane and I'm going with you. You know, so they, they have a moment, you know, it's bullshit but uh while they have that moment nikki's like well hey man i'm gonna get you a girl you know let's let's go get a girl so nikki takes mikey to uh this 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 random chick that he knows he takes her to his house and uh this is what plays out uh just just some pretty bad shit. you know a hard scene to watch
1: that was really rough
0: it was a rough scene to watch um so let's see.
1: <laughs> so well, you
0: know, that that scene right there, man, you know, it it's it's it was ugly. But there are there are friends out here who really do shit like that, you know. And the, and the thing and the thing I guess what we can we, we can fill the the listeners in on is that when Nikki takes Nikki takes Mikey to this girl's house, this lady's house, you know, she I don't know whether she's a girl or old lady, I don't know. It was, you know, this 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 strange this strange bro. <laughs> That he took uh he took Mikey to, and the goal was to get him laid. You know, what I mean he said, Hey man, we're gonna, you know, go over to this girl's house and this lady I, this girl I know, lady I know, and you know, we're gonna get you laid. And, you know, after talking to her, they both they they go over to the house, they talk to the girl for a few minutes, and Nikki eventually, you know, he he gets things intimate with the girl. And he has sex with this girl right in the living room.
1: If that's what you wanna call it.
0: Yeah, or whatever that was. Yeah, this, this this really small apartment, this real cramped apartment, with Mikey right there, essentially in the room. I mean, there's a, a a small kitchen separating them, but he gets, you know, Nikki has sex with the girl right in the middle of the living room, while Mikey is right there. Um, Nikki proceeds to pass off the girl to Mikey, after he, you know, has sex with her, you know, because, but you can tell the girl's not really looking to just get off. She, she wants to, you know, she, she wants to love this dude. As a matter of fact, that's what she's hollering about the whole time he's having sex with her is do you love me? You know, he, that's.
1: He was hollering it too, which was. Yeah, both were, yeah. So weird. He said, I love you, like maybe a good 20 times.
0: Well, he was, he was, you know, he was uh, getting off while yeah. he was, while he was, while he was. While he was saying it, I think you know he was loving the orgasm. I think that's what he, what he was talking about. But this girl was really seeking like some love, yeah, from him at this time, which made it the hard harder to 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 kind of accept. But like see, damn,
1: see that's that this scene. I'm glad you brought this up because this is yeah. uh, something that I was kind of confused about. Um, from the jump, when he was trying to initiate. It seemed as if he was the one that wanted to do it, and she didn't. It looked like she was just trying to just shut him down and say, "You know what? You know, we're not not let's not do this." And and like he was trying to coerce her into having sex. Oh, it was
0: it was definitely uh, some some rapish shit going on. I mean, it it was rapey
1: things throughout that scene, bro. She
0: was treated horribly in this movie. Yeah, yeah, her character was really shitted on. Yeah.
1: And, and and it just that but this is
0: 1976 thing. independent film.
1: Yes, but you and know what what I will say though, what I actually liked about that scene was what they did with lighting. Um right. uh uh he got up and and closed the blinds, turned the light off, and Mikey went into that kitchen and and just sat in the kitchen yeah. while they had sex and and the 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 dark contrast to the light i love that i actually love the look of it um this was probably a worse sex scene than uh dolomite <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, this, this this was bad because at least they were moving i like i actually looked in like what, what like but see i don't want they but were I moving don't...
0: bro yeah it, it was, it was an odd <laughs> sex sex. but i don't i don't want to Portray it as okay. This this it was just bad, as in the quality of the acting or the quality of the storytelling. I'm not talking about that, right? Because to me, I think the director uh, actually did a good job with what she had, and I, and part of the the rough around the edges appeal works into the story, if you ask me. I can but, see that. You know, as far as just it's just the the the. The aesthetics, I guess, of it—I don't know, maybe whatever. I, I guess I—I I, I can say the what I walked away with, the feeling the watching, it was uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It was just really yes. uncomfortable to watch. It just felt so wrong. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything in the scene just was like, damn, this is just so wrong. You know I mean? He's yeah, he's nipping. He's he's just aggressively manipulating this woman. Yes, to have sex with him. She gives in. She gives in only because she's trying to create love and some type of intimate affection from this man that he falsely gives her. So he screws her on the floor and then attempts to turn her over to his friend. And him, initially, you're thinking that he's got some decency, you know, because he, you know he's he's talking to the girl, mm-hmm. and you know, while, while Nicky in the beginning he was actually trying to have a real conversation with her, right. while Nick's all about screwing her, right? You know. And, um, but you know, when Nikki tells him, Hey man, you know, you can have her, everybody, which she hears, he's talking loud enough for this girl to hear him. The house ain't so big. Mm-hmm. He's talking loud enough for the girl to hear him basically tell his friend, Hey man, she's a hoe anyway. Everybody knocks off. You can have her. So she's hearing this shit and he goes out there to Mikey. I'm talking about to have his turn. Mm-hmm. And then he just turns into a monster. With, well, yeah. with, to the point where she actually, uh, resist him. By biting his lip, and he slaps her. Mm-hmm. It's just a horrible scene, man. Again, it's just a lot of fucked up shit going on in that scene. Yeah, and you know, a fight breaks out. They eventually get thrown out and leave the apartment. But it was that situation that led Mikey to really tell Nikki what he felt, you know, and what he knew about him, what he was discovering about him, that, and what was actually tearing, what actually tore, because the friendship was already over with. You know, he's he was only there helping him because he called him in need. You know right. what I mean? But but from what we understand earlier in the movie, well, excuse me, later on in the movie, the friendship was already broken. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They hadn't. He stopped taking his phone calls. We learned from this conversation that's, you know, that that comes later on. And um, but from from that scene though, Mikey tells him like, you know, you you just you know you you like embarrassing people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're you're, you're that guy there has to be the center of attention, and you like you know making other people look bad, you like to make other people the butt of the joke. And that you can tell that that Mikey had a lot of animosity mm-hmm. in him from that because other shit started coming out. And you know that, you know, as as, as black people, <laughs> when we fight mm-hmm. and we disagree, you know, we let it all out, you yeah. know, so I identify with that in the movie that, you know, now this is an opportunity for me to retell you some shit that's bothering me about you. And from there, we learned that, the real problem or one of the main problems that exists between Mikey and Nikki is that Mikey was responsible for getting Nikki the job that he actually ended up uh getting in trouble with Mm -hmm. the boss that he ended up working for was introduced to him by Mikey and Mikey reveals that you know while I'm the one that got you a job you don't hardly talk to me you know you don't take my calls no more when I see you out at, you know, whatever spot the gangsters hang out in of that time, um, I, he said, I had to talk to you three times. And I only did that to keep from looking embarrassed from you ignoring me, you know, the first two times. Like, that was some deep shit. You it know was. what I mean? That that scene, that whole scene, man, with, that's the movie to me. And actually, that's why I felt the need to talk about this movie on the, on the podcast, mm-hmm. from, from from that particular scene. That's one of the scenes that to me, make the whole movie worth the the hour and 40-something minutes, is that that scene kind of shows you the type of shit that breaks down a relationship, you know, a friendship, whatever the case may be, is that when you start changing and when your, you know, personality starts to alter because of who you're around, that type of shit really takes, you know, some aggressive blows against a friendship. Mm-hmm. And we saw was a dude who was like, man, you know, like we were lifelong friends. I'm the one that hooked you up with this this job or this this uh, this this guy. And now you're basically lab- making me to buzz the jokes and embarrass-. Like he, he laid out all this shit, shit that he had felt from earlier in the night. You know what I mean? But he still helped him, though. That's what's is crazy is that he still helped him. He still even throughout all of this shit, he still looked out for him as a friend. There was still a responsibility he had to him. He felt he had to him to to be a friend and to protect him from whatever situation he had coming at him while he held all this animosity against him, which pretty much led him or possibly led him, I believe, to turn him over to the guy in the first place. Because it was the the dichotomy is while he's helping this guy, his friend, while he's helping protect him and comfort him and and keep him and give him peace of mind that he won't be killed. He's actually playing a role in the shit. Mm-hmm. by tipping off the Hitman to where he is. But at the same time, he's... And I don't know, because I don't know if you're... If, if, I guess that's what, what you, uh, make, <laughs> makes this movie even more engaging is that you really don't know if Mikey is intentionally throwing this Hit, uh, hit guy off by, you know, fucking up the destinations because he's trying to tell this guy everywhere he's going to be. Right. It's before cell phones now. Mm-hmm. So he has to use pay phones and shit. And leave messages at his at his home with his wife for this guy to call. That like, listen, we're going to be here, we're going to be there. But at the same time, they are making moves which make you wonder. Okay, are you trying to elude this dude? Uh, are you you know from the hitman? Are you trying to turn him over to him? Mm-hmm. You know, even to the point when they fall out, because they fall out, that's when the real fallout comes. And I don't want to dominate the whole you know my whole take on the film. No, good. But um, even after they fall out, after they leave. 'Cause they he calls her a prostitute. But even after they fall out from leaving the girl's house, he tears his watch up or watch his dad get, uh Nikki tears up Mikey's watch, uh, pisses him off. They get into what was supposed to be a fist fight, but I don't think they throw any punches. They just roll around on the ground and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it um, was Nikki,
1: a grapple match.
0: Yeah, it was it was a <laughs> weird a weird fist fight they had with no fists. Yeah. <laughs> they get into a, a tussle and I, even after they separate Mikey links up with the hitman Ned Beatty is, is the hitman in this in this movie I don't know his name in it but uh Ned Beatty plays the killer which Ned Beatty uh and here it says his name is Kenny Ned Beatty looks anything and everything but like a damn hitman in this movie yes <laughs> you know yes, which is completely out of shape yeah it looks nothing like what you think a contract killer would be right but yeah Ned Beatty um Eventually links up with Mikey after Nikki and Mikey fall out, and now they're in the car. Now, now you know Mikey's riding with this dude, and they're, from what you believe, they're pursuing Nikki.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, but they never find him. And um, so I don't know, man. That that's one thing I do like about the movie is that I really can't say for certain if Mikey really wanted to turn him over to 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 the guys.
1: Yeah, that was um, that was the weird part about this um, because it.
0: it, it... <sighs> I mean, it's not it's not a it's a simple movie, but I, I would agree with you. It's not the easiest movie to watch. It's, yeah. it's definitely, definitely might not be something you want to watch from an entertainment perspective. You just, if you want to watch, hey, I'm to watch a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, recommend this one for that but there's a lesson in this movie man i watch i watch movies for for more than just simply to entertain myself right you know there's a there's an experience that this movie tries to convey which i think it does very well and that is you know just the unfolding and the the breakdown of a friendship right you know and what can actually you know corrode a friendship that's one of the things that that stand out the most to me about this movie and um but go ahead though. I'm sorry.
1: You're no, no, you good. Um I I couldn't tell whether whether he wanted to kill Nikki or not. Um but in the end you see what happens, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I let, And I'll let you uh, you uh, detail that one. Um yeah. But it, it, it just... I think that's part reason why I have trust issues, because it's like you see stuff like that unfold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah. And you really don't know who has your back for real. Right. Outside of your close loved ones, like... And even at that, it can be kind of shady sometimes. But... That was a thing. That was a thing that I walked away with this from this film with,
0: right? You know, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I agree with that. But um, yeah, man. So you know, as we as we wrap this one up, you know, we we get to the point where, like I said, Mikey actually links up with the gangsters that want to kill Nikki. and he's still you know trying to avoid. He, he's still trying to to be evasive and and it seems as if give him some type of cover. Um but they eventually decide, you know, the, the, the people that want to kill him, the, the gangster and the and the hitman eventually decide that look, uh we know where he where he's likely to go and that's to your house. You're his best friend, you're his only his only friends, they know that. Um but you know, we're gonna just go ahead and, and focus on him coming to your house. We pretty sure, we're pretty sure he's gonna show up to your house, while Mikey tries to uh, throw them off and does everything he can to really, uh, uh, you know, dissuade them from from doing that. Even to the point where they he tells them, "Well, y'all can't park in front of my house because I got security and the patrolmen will come through." And uh, they even go so far to say, "Well, look, we'll just circle the block until he until he shows up to your house." And there's nothing works. You know, he he tries to. I throw them off from that but they eventually are like look man we're we gonna we know he's gonna come to your house mm-hmm. so uh Mikey goes home and yeah this this comes into again uh, I mean uh, uh, one of the better scenes I mean one of the sadder scenes of the movie um but you know one of the one of the better played scenes where Mikey is realized I mean I, I think you know even with with the conversation that they had there's, there's an early in the movie. I'll rewind a little bit. Earlier in the movie, um, again, like I said, they, they're bouncing all. I guess they're in New York. They're bouncing all over the city, you know, trying to avoid this guy. But one of the places that they and they, and, and Nikki is completely eccentric. I mean, he's he's a scatterbrain dude. He's all over the place. He wants mm-hmm. to go to the movies. He wants to go to the prostitute's house. And eventually, one of the places he said he wanted to go also was his mother's grave. Right. And he won, And so, you know, there's a whole conversation that plays out between the two of them in a cemetery, mm-hmm. which, again, gives a backdrop to what's going on with their friendship. You know, it's, 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 it's a dead friendship. Um, so I, I thought that was just just the imagery of that and, and what uh, Elaine May did with that scene was. Uh, Again, I mean, it, it, it was it was good storytelling. It's a very simple story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We can both agree it's a, a thin story, but it's really good storytelling. You know, it, it's it's a really good excuse me, <clears throat> a really good narrative that she that she created with this, and the cemetery scene kind of you know illustrates that. So they had a whole conversation about their friendship right. in the cemetery,
1: which was symbolic.
0: And yeah, yeah. So uh, moving up. You know, here it is. Everything they've done so far to avoid this guy is, uh, you know, is pretty much wrapped up when Nikki, as well. There's there's another good scene. There's another very interesting. There's a couple of, there's a, there's a few good scenes in this movie there. Mm-hmm. There's a few. The scene with Nikki right before he went to Mikey's house, you know, after him and Mikey split up, after they fell out, uh, one of the places Nikki went was to his wife's house. I guess that was his wife. Yeah. You know, his wife's house which was another, uh, you know, pretty tight scene to watch, you know, was, you was know, this, weird. this, yeah, I mean, she, she gave up on him. You know, yeah. you have a woman that's, that's at her wits end with a man that's in the street all the time. As she said in her, in her, in her dialogue, we, we, we get away, we walk away with the fact she's frustrated because he's always in the street. You know, he's always, you know, uh, with this, with his boss, which is the guy he ended up robbing, the gangster, that's trying to kill him that she was saying that, you know, you were always with him. What can I do to get the attention that you gave him? Mm -hmm. So he's a, he's an absentee husband. He's an absentee father. And he's there in the house, there in the house though, excuse me. He's there in the house though with her, visiting her, which ultimately could be the last time he sees her. Right. And, you know, he's telling her, uh, I mean, they fight, they have this, this, obviously they have this uh, conflicted relationship, but you know, she loves him and he's, he's leaving the house because she's telling him, well, get out of town because he's, he's telling her that this guy wants to kill me, you know, and she knows what's up, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, he's, he's, she's telling him, well, you know, leave town, get out of town. So he pretty much leaves her with, with them not knowing if he's ever going to come back alive. And when he eventually goes to Mikey's house, which, you know, was really, he had nowhere to go. That was his only friend. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were best friends. Um, he goes to his house, and Mikey has been home, and Mikey is home, but he pretty much ignores him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he pretty much ignores him. He, he tells his wife to tell him that he's not home. And, uh, you know, after trying to no avail to you get the woman to let him in, uh, lo and behold, fate shows up in the form of the hitman that's been looking for him all night. He finally discovers him at Mikey's house. And, uh, man, that was a painful scene to watch, man, him fight for his life. Yeah, it was Not necessarily fight for his life, but beg for him to open the door, to open the door for him to save his life. And even at some point with him, you know, begging for, him, for, his, for his wife to open the door, he knows Mikey's in that house. Oh, yeah. He knows he knows his friend is in that house, and he's beating on the door, screaming his name, to to let him in the house because he knows this dude's about to kill him. Right, and that's eventually what happens. You know, the Ned Beatty character, the hitman dude, uh, shoots him, shoots him up right in front of his best friend's house, and this movie ends just as quick as it began with him. <laughs> and, and I like that, man. Yeah. I I had, I had no problem with that. I, you know, it was, I mean, he, he he gets shot up in front of the door. We cut to the scene with Mikey because by this time he's barricaded the damn door with a couch and, you know, a sofa or some shit. And what's sad is, man, the man knows he's in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he knows he's in there. He's screaming for him to let him in. He doesn't let him in. He gets murdered on his porch. And uh, we cut to Mikey in the house, barricading the door closed and just... It's almost like I saw, I don't know if he smiled or if he, you don't really know. You know, you really don't get a chance to process whatever emotion Mikey has over his friend, knowing his dead friend is outside the door. And then we get, we cut the black. The movie's over.
1: Yeah. See, the, the, the thing that, that, uh, weirded me out about that, that last scene, um, was one the the the, the time? Because the beginning of that scene, it was dark as hell. I mean, they they're telling you it's five in the morning and it's dark. And after Nikki tells his wife the story of his brother dying at ten years old, it's like high noon.
0: Well, you gotta keep in mind when when they this took place over the course of the night. Right. So we know that by the time they, you know, we know it because one of the things he said when they got to the cemetery is it's one in the morning. Right. So we were able to kind of kind of gauge the time of the night that this took that, that everything took place. So if you consider yeah. that they were in the cemetery scene at one in the morning, this thing played out pretty much all all through the night. Right. Which, you know,
1: I'm fine with that. But the fact that it was high noon looking outside <laughs> at 5 or 6 in the morning makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. Um, it's too bright for you. Way
0: too bright. <laughs> I mean, that didn't bother me that much. I feel you from, you know, that, that's that's the filmmaker in you, I guess, and, and most yeah. artists are assholes anyway. Yes. So I, I feel you, you know. And I'm fine know, with that. It was... <laughs> <laughs> that didn't bother me, man. I understood that. Okay, the shit took place all night long. The sun yes. got to come up
1: eventually. Yes, but at least, at least give me dawn. Like yeah. I went straight from night to afternoon. Like you know, I, I, can I didn't, I that didn't that get bothered. to hear any birds chirping or anything. Like let's let's. I, I
0: can understand. I can understand. It did. It did get kind of bright. It fast. was. It was Not that, it. that didn't bother me though. What did bother me was the. uh the trench coat that, that Mikey had in his hand one minute, he didn't have his hand one minute during the scene.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. He was talking with both hands flaring in the air almost, yeah. and then the next scene he's got a coat in his hand. So the continuity that she was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, earlier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the yeah, Tindola, Michael, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Th- this movie did have that problem. Yes. Um, and like I said, it was in the best scene, like the scene where he finally. It's telling him, "Hey, man, you know I know the shit you've been saying about me. Mm-hmm. I know that you make jokes about me, and you only brought me to that girl's house to embarrass me." Like when he was really unloading on him, as to why he wasn't shit as a friend. That was the scene that had the worst editing, you know. Yes. It, it was. It was chopped up pretty bad. So. Yeah. This this movie had its flaws. It did. You know, it, it's not a movie. Again, this is. I'm going to say say it like this. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't and I wouldn't recommend it not because it's a bad movie to me, but I know this is not a movie for everybody. Right. You know, what I mean? this is not a movie that would appeal to a lot of people. But um, I think Anthony, I don't I know, there's a mutual friend that Derek and I have named Anthony. I hope he still listens. I hope I ain't offended him off the show. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> but uh, I know I think Anthony would like this movie. Though. I think he would. I'm curious if Anthony would like this movie. Anthony, holler let me and let me know if you if you like uh, Nikki and Mikey. But uh, yeah, this movie ain't for everybody, man. You know, it's it's a very nuanced movie. It's rough around the edges. There's pretty much no music in the damn movie. You know, that's out, right. Yeah, outside of um, the jukebox, the jukebox, and maybe a radio or something. But there's no music in this movie. It Hasn't pretty much no soundtrack. But it don't need it, man. You know, wow. I think that's I think that's what makes the movie appealing to me is that the dialogue is very simple, man. Like, the communication between these characters are not deep, you know? Especially right. when you take a scene, like, with uh, Mikey, when he finally linked up with the hitman. Mm-hmm. Um, after him and Nikki fell out with each other, and he, he linked up with the hitman and jumped in the car with him. It was simple dialogue between, a simple-ass, bare-bones conversation. And really, it was kind of funny. You know, there was, like, some... You know, he was wisecracking the dude, you know, a few times in the, in the car. But... Again, the dialogue was simple. Like, it was nothing really to get a whole lot from by listening to these characters talk to each other. You know, because right. they didn't really say much of any substance to each other. It was very simplistic in communication. And that worked. It yes. actually worked yes. for the movie. You know? So it's not like it was written bad. It's just that it was written just well enough, actually, from a minimal place, to show you these these characters Pretty much show you the friendship, you know, fall apart. The level of distrust he had for him, pretty much throughout the first part of the movie. But yet be totally dependent on him when he tried to get away. Right. You know, what I mean, be totally right. like, you know, uh, just just appealing to him when he tried to cut him off. Mm-hmm. And you can, and then again, when with you watching Mikey trying to really figure out, okay, Mikey, because you know he had a problem with this dude. Oh when yeah. He, when, after he after he gets embarrassed in front of that girl. But, and that girl not giving him no sex after you know he pretty much <laughs> told him that you told him that she would he was pretty much embarrassed by that yeah you know and him pretty much unloading on him all the fucked up shit that he was on gave you reason believe okay I can see why you would make a decision even if it's an emotional decision' I'm gonna I'm go ahead and turn him over I'm gonna mm-hmm. finger him mm-hmm. you know I, so it made sense but you can also see that there was a love of loyalty that he kept to this dude right. You know, so I had like I said earlier in the movie, I like the fact that I had trouble and I even when I walk I, I revisit this movie sometimes and I and I try to figure out like what is he genuinely trying to do? Is he genuinely trying to protect him or is he you know really trying to turn him over to this right. to this guy? You know, so I, I like that. But it ultimately doesn't matter, uh, because he gets his ass lit up pretty good in the end. <laughs> and and the bright he, bright Right on the patio. Like, you know, it's crazy because you didn't want this man. You didn't, you didn't. Look, you didn't want this man to park his car in front of your house and wait <laughs> on him because you thought he was going to draw too much attention. Yeah. So ultimately he just ended up getting his back blown out right on your on your patio. <laughs> ultimately it doesn't matter if he sat there or not. Or right. if he circled the block. Or not. Like None right. of that shit matters because he showed up and got dumped on
1: yeah. On the patio. Yeah, the, the blood and, and, and dead body are going to draw some eyes. Just a few. And that, that was actually something that kind of threw me off, too. Is Why didn't Mikey just run? That's what I was wondering the entire time. Run. You see the guy coming toward you, and you're going to continue to bang on the door that is not going to open. Run. Well, you, you mean
0: you're desperately pleading for your best friend to let you in and give you some cover, in opposed to taking off and hauling ass for your life. I guess you're gonna gamble there because okay, this motherfucker's gonna open the door for me. Uh, nah. This is my <laughs> best friend. Yeah he, I mean, yeah, he realized it eventually. Yeah, that yeah. That door wasn't opening. But Because yeah. um, it, it, My. But, but thing that is, was painful to watch him beat on that door, man, and then it scream was. for the guy's name like that. Because cause he knew he was in there. Yeah. You know, even though he had tried, he, he told his wife and lied, he was hiding this shit and making him feel like, you know, tell, the woman was telling him he's not home. He knew he was in there. Oh, yeah. And, and then, yeah, that, that, that was pretty heartbreaking to watch that man. <laughs> you know, beat the door <laughs> down. And I think, you know, when you got those options, you know, you can kind of excuse him for, for having a lack of judgment to take off running. Because I'm a, I'm going to gamble that my friend, my best friend, my lifelong friend, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to gamble this motherfucker to open the door for me <laughs> over my own two feet.
1: So, I, Well, see, this is this is how I, gotta I, I think about it. I got to break with you on that. If, if, if you didn't open the door for me, <laughs> the second or third time I asked for you and pleaded with you to let me in, if you didn't open the door for me, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, touche, shit. Yeah, that's... that's I'm, gone. Yeah. I'm not sitting here, especially when I see the guy coming your down the street. Your you're right, you're right. At some point, <laughs> I, I, I concede my point. You're right.
0: <laughs> I like the fucking movie, though, man. Like, yes. I, I think I think it's a good movie. It is. It is. But but you're right. You're right. Uh, At some point, yeah, you got to take your own life in your hands. Fuck it. Yeah.
1: Because if I I know you're not going to open a door, if I'm pleading and you're just saying, oh, he's not here. He's not here. (laughs) Fine. Forget you. I'm out. (laughs) I have no time to sit here and waste. And then I would have just gone out of town. You know? like That's how I thought about it. Um, No, you're
0: right. But I mean, that was his best friend, man.
1: That was his best friend. And... You know but what? I you. I maybe, maybe I'm thinking about this because, like I said, I just went through a situation—not like, not exactly like this—but I went through a situation with a with a childhood friend uh, in the last year or two, and I, 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 my, I, myself as well. I, I can
0: actually say I identify with both
1: characters. I do too.
0: And I identify with both characters. I've 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 identified things, and I had I'm like you. I had a lifelong friend, man, I, mm-hmm. and we've been you know. We've been not cool now for roughly, I want to say five years now. It's probably about five or six years now. Nah. But before that, man, we pretty much grew up together, came and played out, played in the same gym, you
1: mm-hmm. know,
0: playground together.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, so I can identify with both characters because I've experienced both elements with in my own personal friendship mm-hmm. that these guys, you know, had in this movie.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I mean, which, which again I, I, is why I identify with that scene so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, and see, like, uh, I was friends with this dude since I was, like, six. I'm 30 now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's, uh, that's about 24 years that, you know, well, not, not anymore because I think we, we stopped. That was a little over a year ago. I stopped messing with him. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, you know, when you think about friendships that last that long period of time, once they come to an end, it's like bro, there is no middle ground on this. It's either you're here or you're here. You're for right. me or you're against me, you know? And right. and I, I, I can see that, that element with this, uh and again, I can see why Nikki was so uh, uh skeptical in the beginning of the film. You know, right. like he didn't even want to take whatever the Tums or whatever it was that that Mikey was trying to trying to give him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I see that. I see that playing yeah. out throughout the entire film. And that was what I uh, 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 gravitated toward, that trust issue factor of, yeah. uh, of that dynamic. That that was what <laughs> I would gravitated toward me. It's a very
0: simple story, man. Like, yeah. it's, it's very simple, very straightforward. It's just the deterioration of a lifelong friendship. That's really what the movie's about. Right. And um, again, this is a a, a female filmmaker, and for this to be a a, a movie with a um, with two male leads, you mm-hmm. know, and this essentially being a, a, a male-driven story, she did a great job, man. She captured the shit. Oh yeah. She she captured it, you know, very well. So again, her name is Elaine May. She's she's a a uh, I, I believe she's still alive. Um, I didn't research her very much, but um, she she had a career as a comedian actually, really, or in in comedy, yeah. Before she did this movie, so like I said, there's not much I know about her but this movie. But her name is Elaine May. She's a, a female director, and this is uh, she's she's done a few more films, you know, and she's had some some pretty big budget films, but this is uh, to me one of one of the better films that she's done. Even though I haven't seen any of other, <laughs> other shit, <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. But um, I like this movie a lot. Like I said, it was very simple, very, very, straight to the point. It started and it ended just as quick as it started, you know. But it was a, uh, it was a, it was a story you can walk away with, kind of, you know, that makes you reevaluate the friendships in your life. Yes. You no, know, in my judgment, you can you can watch this movie and reassess friendships in your life and actually see which cuz you know everybody is either a friend like one of those two or has a friend like one of those two right you know and this movie kind of makes you look cuz i've been both i mean i've i've operated in both capacities with these two characters so you know i was able to to really identify uh, a lot from this so i recommend it and i don't recommend it again this is one of those movies if you're just a casual movie watch it, which you probably wouldn't be listening to us talk this shit
1: if it was too casual.
0: <laughs> but if you're just a casual movie watcher, then no. Avoid this at all costs and just go to Netflix and watch one of their movies. Dolomite. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, watch Dolomite. <laughs> Either one, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh but if if you, you know, if, if you're into the cinema aspects of movies and shit, then I definitely recommend this. I definitely recommend this. But it's not something that uh, that you're gonna want to see all the time, more than likely.
1: Uh, you no, know? this is my first yeah. and last time.
0: Yeah, it's not something you want to revisit. Yeah. But Mikey and Nikki uh, came out in 1976, starring two relatively little-known. I mean, you know, if you again, you know, it depends on what kind of movie fan you are. You 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 may know these actors. Like Ned Beatty is is really pretty well known. He's a pretty mm-hmm. established actor. But you know, most people under 35 would not have any fucking clue, or have, would care at all who Ned Betty was, <laughs> and even less, <laughs> much less for John Casavetes and Peter Falk. Like these actors really have no no legendary status to where people uh, too much younger than 35, or you know, would really care. But again, if you're just into movies. Then these are actors you want to pay attention to because John Casavetes is a, a was was a uh, a pretty active, well-known actor. I mean, he was he was pretty well circulated, he, and he was really well established in the independent film circuit because he he was one of those actors that took Hollywood roles and uh, paying Hollywood roles and invested his own money into making his own movies. So uh, that was the Nicky character. So he and he's pretty legendary for that. He's pretty wild. Matter of fact. He directed and made movies that he actually cast Peter Falk who played Mikey. This is not their first time working
1: together. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, they've worked together in a couple other movies that Pete that uh, Nick Casavede's actually wrote and directed and produced in every damn thing. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, they these dudes uh these these are some A-grade actors, man. Like these are not these weren't any uh, you know, tomato cans, as they say, in boxing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these dudes was really was really thorough. Yeah, even Ned Betty. So on that note, you know the movie has credibility. Check it out. I liked it. Derek liked it. Even though he won't revisit it, but it's all—it's always good to turn you on to something that you've never seen before, bro. Oh,
1: most definitely, most definitely. That's—that's that's what I love about this podcast. I—I yeah. I, I honestly would not have watched Dolomite had you not. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe. It. Had you not said that, I I most likely never would have watched it. Yeah. Never, but yeah, I I got I, I wide taste, it. man. I got wide taste, man. Yeah. You know, and,
0: and and people will see that as we as we proceed with this is like what the fuck is on this dude's <laughs> playlist? But uh, you know, we're going But you know what? Speaking of that, we're gonna try to bring it in a little bit to something a little bit more familiar because we talked about another movie uh, off mic a few days back, we wanted to discuss. So I was thinking about discussing on here. But uh, you, you want? want to move... Okay, I'm going to ask, did you want to throw that out there or did you want to go ahead and put a pick on? Because it's actually your pick.
1: Oh, Capote. Okay. Well, we was, can
0: that, do Capote.
1: was that what you were talking
0: about? No, no, no. We were, I, was at, I was actually talking about Teen Wolf. Me and you talked about Teen Wolf a couple of days back.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because,
0: you know, I was thinking but Capote was a pretty... uh Pretty wildly acclaimed movie. So it's pretty, pretty common.
1: It was. Yeah.
0: But one of those, you know, I guess we'll leave the audience to guess that until next time, which one we will have loaded up. Yeah. A podium or a Teen Wolf. But I do want to talk about some a little bit. Uh, that's a little bit more renowned, I guess. Okay. You know, uh, other than that, man, let's uh, again engage with us on Instagram. I am Chris Ali. That's Ali, A-L-E-E, and also you can find the No Chase Film Society on Instagram, NC Film Society. Uh, on there, on NC on Film Society and NC Film Society only, you can participate uh, in our trivia contest. So look for us. Uh, today is Thursday. I believe it's the 14th of February. We don't like to date these shows, but 13th. if you listen, 13th, I'm sorry. Uh, Thursday, the 13th of February, uh, like I said, we don't like to date the shows, but if you're listening and it's close to that time, then this week, this, this, uh, well, this weekend, I should say, this weekend, we're going to be posting a trivia question that you can answer uh, only in our comments on, on that page. You can put an answer in there. Uh, I'm going to go for the first person to comment, leave a drop of the comment to the answer to the question. And I will send you a DVD uh, I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to put a, uh, put a, a stipulation on this shit. You want, you can pick out of a selected group of the films we've already discussed uh, on the you no know, chase film society uh, timeline for, as, as far as the podcast, we already have a, whether you listen to us on Spotify or iTunes, you, if you, you know whoever put is the first person in our comment section, with the correct question, I will personally send you any choice of a DVD from any of the movies we've already talked about, from us. From uh, I can't do it, but Dolomite is my name, okay? Obviously, because that's a streaming movie, so that's why I say it. with upset with uh, exceptions we mm-hmm. can do this. But there, there are a few movies we talked about so far that that we can send a DVD to or a Blu-ray. Oh
1: yeah,
0: uh, sending on what you. The Shutter Island is up there. Boomerang is up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old Dolomite, the original Dolomite,
1: is up there. So we got like what nine movies now. This Joker. this would be the ninth one. I mean, if you're talking about bonus episodes as well, you know, you have Joker.
0: I don't think Joker's out on hard copy yet, it, but if yeah, it, is, well, it is, I'll shoot it you. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well. You got me on, you know, on on a recorded platform right here, right now, or this this weekend coming up. And like I said, if you listen to us in real time or any close to well, close to real time, I should say, then, you know, you'll, you guys will jump on this. But I'm going to be posting a trivia question on our No Chase Film Society Instagram page. That's NC Film Society, if you're looking for it. The first correct answer in the comments section under that post of that question. Take your pick, go to our feed, our, our podcast feed, pick a movie out within reason. <laughs> out of our, within reason on our, out of our podcast feed and I'll shoot it to you. Uh, if you want a digital copy, then I'll shoot you a digital copy. If you want a hard copy, send me the address and we'll shoot you a hard copy DVD. That's what we'll do uh, just to show our love and appreciation for those of you all listening to us out there. Other than that, man, I ain't got nothing else, man. Mikey and Nikki, check it out or don't check it out. It really won't hurt you if you don't, but you know, if you if you if you're into obscure movies, then definitely go for it, man. It won't hurt you. You got anything for them, D?
1: Uh, that's it. Outside of just uh, follow Ots guys on all social media platforms, um, and that's pretty much it. All
0: right. Well, I mean, that's another one. We appreciate y'all streaming us. We'll be back again. Uh, again, look out for us. Also, we're gonna be announcing whether we're gonna talk about Capote. Which is a uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman film. I think that won him an Oscar. And uh, Or, actually, or Teen Wolf. So it's gonna be either Capote or Teen Wolf. Look out for one of those. We're gonna be chopping up about that. That's gonna be our next feature. Until then, man, watch a damn
1: movie. I'm done with it.